0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. Hello there, guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another video. It is the rational perspective on Chelsea 1, Brighton 0, Chelsea scored a goal they won a game of football and wonderful isn't it it's wonderful to to be sat here because it has been so infrequent over the past year feeling happy after a game involving Chelsea football club uh, you have to kind of sit back and, and 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 take it in a little bit and appreciate it at least until Monday we've got some time to celebrate Please do like the stream. We are um, doing this live. I am going to try to do as many reviews live on the YouTube channel moving forward. Before we do get into that, and I will be, I, I'm looking to my left here um, at the screen, not only for your comments, but also because the Carabao Cup draw is about to take place for the fourth round. So probably whilst I'm making this show, we will know who Chelsea are playing in the fourth round and, and very likely... Of course, it will be Man City away. So just to just to completely, you know, lower our mood. Um, let me know in the comments how you're feeling in the live chat. Um, who was your man in the match? I feel that um there was there was so much negativity, obviously, before this game, but also at half time and and to be fair, like Chelsea were at times outplayed in the first half. I felt that for me, it was, it, when I actually look at the the whole game, it was more so Chelsea and, and mostly Robert Sanchez, as we'll get to, causing our problems. Actually, defensively, um, I felt that it wasn't that bad. Uh, you've got to take into consideration that Brighton are top goal scorers in the Premier League so far this season. And they are a very clinical team. They're a very productive team, even with some rotations that the Zerbi did tonight it it you have to appreciate that they were probably going to be more cohesive than chelsea and also the fact that chelsea made rotations themselves mako korea was playing at right back and i think that pretty much sums up how rotated this team was how freakish this team was going through it i mean the one big thing for me was where is noni manawake i i don't know he wasn't even on the bench i don't know if it's a fitness thing i assume poch will be asked and be asked about why Noni Manawake isn't being involved because he's just very strange like this for me felt sort of Amazon primed for him to come in and, and feature but Mudrick I thought was another positive, Cole Palmer I thought was fantastic, Nicholas Jackson a massive moment for him at Stamford Bridge once again um, I thought Axel de Zassi and Levi Cole were proving as I pointed out in a recent show that maybe Thiago Silva shouldn't be a regular starter in Pochettino's defense. And I felt that that was a really good example against a high energy team with lots of speed, not even the, the first choice back four. And they coped well, they kept a clean sheet. So I think, obviously, you're going to be happy. You're going to be happy with the fact that Chelsea have won. We're into the next round. You want to capitalise on these competitions because without Champions League or any European football, it makes sense to try and win this competition. For Pochettino, it would be huge. There'd be There is a narrative for me behind Pochettino winning the Carabao Cup with Chelsea because, of course, if you remember way back when, um, Jose Mourinho beat him. In the league cup final that was of course Diego Costa and John Terry scoring I was there that day at Wembley um so I, maybe that's playing on Poch's mind and I, I think it's it's nice to see that we're through and we've beaten a team of Brian's quality and I, and I did see a stat that this is the first time that we've beaten a team inside the Premier League top 10 since like Aston Villa in September of 2021 when Lukaku looked like a good striker so it's been it's been a long time before we do just delve into my my thoughts i do just want to do a few cheap plugs if that's okay of you guys please hit the the like button please share this stream with fellow chelsea fans to get involved to celebrate the fact that we've actually won a game of football you have to appreciate them when they come around obviously i said this on my last show i have been nominated as a finalist for the football content awards this year um in the best premier league club content creator uh, category please go in the link down below you can vote for Son of Chelsea, you can get us across all the socials, at Son of Chelsea is the handle, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on X, at Son of Chelsea too, if you want to follow us uh, along that way as well, and on the podcast feed, we are part of the Sports Social Podcast Network, so on the go as well, even if you are watching this live, you can get it on the go later on, if, if you want to get to bed, but why would you want to get to bed straight away, because Chelsea have won a game of football, we have to kind of appreciate it a little bit, um, so let's just go through some of my thoughts of the game um, Cole Palmer was my man in a match I think he he stood out and, and I felt that was kind of well was expected that he was going to play a big part tonight because obviously he has shown some good cameos so far um, for Chelsea he's coming with a lot of hype obviously and you know, is is another one of these players that we've bought for for huge money, and kind of this fear that is he going to be lost in a shuffle when he's come from Man City and he's make it make made the jump from a team who are likely going to win the Premier League again. He could have stayed there, very comfortable, kept on winning titles, Champions League titles, even if he wasn't one of the key players. And he's made the jump here, and um, I thought tonight there were shades of a certain Mason Mount in the 2020-21 season. It reminded me of just the intricacy and the ability to be involved in so much throughout the game. And that one-two-touch football that we got excited about during pre-season was back in periods, and it was the moment that won Chelsea the game. And I thought that uh, Cole Palmer, there there was a mo- we saw the connection with Cole Palmer hitting a ball over the top of the Aston Villa defence in the second half um, a- against um, Aston Villa on Sunday. We saw it in the first half. He played a ball through to Ben Chirwell. It, um, Chilwell was obviously playing more in his natural left-back role and he has the ability to make those diagonal runs So I speak about and why he should be playing as a left-back week in week out apparently Man City have been knocked out I've just seen a comment saying Man City have been knocked out I've only really been focusing on Chelsea tonight which is uh, incredible that Man City have been knocked out if you are listening back we're just we're just checking to see if Chelsea we, we find out who Chelsea have been drawn against yet because I did see uh the 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 draw was happening. I don't want to sort of keep everyone waiting. Knowing my luck it'll probably be delayed. But in truth, I think that, you know, talking about Cole Palmer and his ability as a number ten, it's it's very exciting. I think he has an ability. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been expected Chelsea. He he did tweet tonight and I do want to give him credit. He said, you know, Cole Palmer is a Man City uh footballer, movement technique, everything. He's a level above. Absolute Rolls Royce. And I I agree i thought tonight we saw the hype that everyone sort of had for him right i know alex goldberg is 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 a massive fan of cole palmer i know he had the secret scout on and everyone was getting very excited and listen whenever a player comes into chelsea i want them to do Amazingly, I want them to play 10 out of 10. I want them to be the best player in the world. There's n- there's never a point where a player comes into Chelsea where for some weird reason I want them not to do well. But, you you know, I, I try and be objective. I try and look at things not from always the most optimistic or kind of blue tinted glasses, you know, and, and think could this go wrong? Why are there reasons this transfer could go wrong? And I, I don't think that's the, the worst approach. But I do think with Cole Palmer seeing how he has been able to link up very quickly with players in and around him and the way he links up for that first goal was wonderful. Um, I will just go back to so you had Motku Correa playing as a right back, which is just I, I never want to see it again. I, I you know, in the end, we we got away with it, is is what I will say on that front. We we got away with Cole Palmer, sorry, of of Motku playing at right-back against Matoma. Again, it feels like Malogusto injured, no Reese James. But it was, it was something early on that I was thinking this is this is going to be a bad night for Kukurea. And he had his usual shaky moments, but given he was playing out of position and factoring in the lack of football he has had under Pochettino so far this season. Listen, I know everyone likes to kick the boot in on Mark Kukurea. Um, and I'm not going to say he had an amazing performance tonight, but... Listen against one of the best wingers in the Premier League currently. The fact that we got a clean sheet out of it with that selection, you know, I don't think is 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 the worst thing, is it? Um, even if we we believe that Kukurea hasn't got a long term future at Chelsea. Another negatives was of course Robert Sanchez, who was turning into I think in the second half, and it was more because of the Brighton fans behind the shed end um, in the, in the shed end. Obviously, in terms of his ability, it seemed like to turn back into a Brighton player. And just want to pass the ball to Brighton players. I mean, he effectively tried to give Drao Pedro an easy opener. Djalpeiro Pedro turned into attacker and decided, I'm not going to score this chance. And he just looked very shaky. And it's, it's a shame because, you know, it, it feels like Robert Sanchez has grown into that role. I think is, has gained a lot of credibility um, and seems to be growing in strength with each game. But I think the the issue when you have moments like that, it does question his fragility. It does question why he dropped so far out of faith be at Brighton. I'd like to think that, you know, it's just a bad night for him, maybe psychologically playing against the club that he ranks um, at and you know maybe just yeah maybe it was just a psychological thing i don't know he, he just had an off day but he did make up for it with a massive save in the second half after chelsea went one 0 up so i i do need to give some context there and some balance because i i thought that you know we got to give credit to um Sanchez even if we do say that on the ball I don't think he was very good and I thought he he kind of got um Chelsea into some big problems that we were able to get away with in the end Ugo Chukwu is is a very lucky boy he really is Um, we were lucky in this one aspect that the refereeing was absolutely atrocious once again tonight no VAR and I think tonight was a perfect example of why VAR is something that you should have in the game at the top level because number one Chelsea should be at least winning this game 2-0 Nicholas Jackson had a second goal that was onside, once again assisted by Cole Palmer that should have been given. Armando Breuer, for some reason, was... I mean, this isn't even a VAR thing. This is just like a competency thing. Like, right at the end, the linesman deciding he was offside whilst getting the ball on a counterattack in his own half, which, unless you don't know, which I'm sure you do, is not offside. Staggering. Staggering once again. But Ugo Chukwu was... He was kind of struggling in the first half and he got a yellow for a pretty risky rash challenge and in a couple it wasn't even a minute later he goes diving into another challenge and on the replay it looks horrible you know it really does and it's it's the sort of challenge that with VAR he's off there's there's no there's no way two ways about it and if I'm a brighton fan just like as a chelsea fan when we get frustrated by officiating decisions um, it's just, it's just bad. It's just, and it's a shame, right? Because I, I don't want to spend chunks of my show talking about officials and, and referees and P, the PGMOL and the and VAR because that's not the interesting thing. But I think it's it's a disservice to the reality of what we saw tonight. It was once again just not very good officiating that could have cost Chelsea. I think arguably cost Brighton because without um, Ugochukwu, you know Chelsea down to ten men very different game when it's nil-nil but I felt that Ugo Chukwu to be fair to him I thought would have been sub because he looked a little bit rash and like he was being overrun he actually got better and composed himself at half time and 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 I thought done a lot better in the second half so to be fair to him a young player who's still got years to grow and I thought you know it was it was going to be a difficult test for him tonight and I think in the end he came through it but was lucky absolutely the goal itself comes from a, a high press I thought Chelsea's best moments in the first half came from that kind of uh, ability to press high. You've got the likes of Mudrick, you've got the likes of Cole Palmer, Ian Matson, Nicholas Jackson. There's real speed in that attack. And it was just nice to see Casado involved too, just how quickly the ball was played into the feet of Ian Matson, who during preseason played much more as an advanced attacker rather than as his usual left-back role. And we saw the way he linked up with Nicholas Jackson. We saw the way how in tight spaces he was able to find passes. And he did it again here with Cole Palmer. And Cole Palmer just, again, it's that, it's that sort of composure in that moment that we have seen just... Not be a part of Chelsea's attacks in recent years or even recent weeks, and and that's, and I think that's something that hopefully Palmer can add to his game a lot more consistently because it could be you know a real difference for Chelsea in in, in the coming weeks and months. And uh, I felt Palmer's ball into Jackson, and and given that Jackson had that miss against Nottingham Forest. He's, you know, he's he struggled in recent weeks, uh, maybe lacking a little bit of confidence and the pressures on him, the lack of goals, obviously, when you're a striker, that the attention is going to come to you. The fact that then he takes that first time and just rolls it in the bottom corner and, and the finish as well for the second goal that should have been given, it should remind people that, of course, football is a confidence game, but Nicholas Jackson, as I as I said I think when he signed is that the good thing about him is there isn't this high sort of saviour expectation on him no one no one sort of looking at him and saying you have to be the saviour you have to be the guy that's going to get us 30 goals And I think that that is something that for Jackson hopefully works in his favour. And I also think with Armando Breuer coming back, that's going to help him a lot because I think Breuer will give him substantial competition across the course of this season and also gives us a different kind of... I I like the fact that both are very fast forwards and I think that's what works for Mauricio Pochettino. Um, But there are differences to them. I think physically, Armando Breuer is a lot more commanding and he is much more of a, a bruiser in certain ways. But he also, I think with that speed too, can very much work alongside the players uh, in Chelsea's attack. So the second goal should have been given. Brighton had really one big chance in the second half that was well stopped by Robert Sanchez. I felt that it was notable that, again, I, I spoke about this the other day, that when you've got Axel de Zassi and Levi Carwell against the club he was on loan with last season and seemed to assume that they were going to sign him at the end of this season, uh, end of last season, sorry, didn't happen and he had a really good game and I felt... I don't know, I I just would like to think that Pochettino looks at that and thinks, actually, that's the back two I'm going to go with. We believe that um, Benoit Badia-Shield will be back soon. We hope Trevor Chalibur will too. That Those are obviously good options to have back and obviously options that I would like to see play for Chelsea. Um, but I don't know, I just... It's, and I know the counterpoint to my Thiago Silva argument that was made and I understand it right because if Chelsea finished their chances we wouldn't be having that conversation I do want to say though just it's not just like in hindsight I was saying this in the summer when I was making my kind of predicted 11s that I, I feel like most of us had a sense just looking at the squad before Wesley Fafana obviously got injured that this is a younger defense and there's a transition coming here and I I felt that this is this is where the team is going, and just kind of knowing Pochettino's approach and 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 why Thiago Silva, it might not be the season where he is consistently in the first team. But then it's it's you know it's up to him to respond. And if Chelsea are finishing chances as they did tonight, at the end of the day, you know are people kind of uh, focusing in on the defense as much? Obviously not, but I. I, I Personally, did enjoy seeing that defence, and would like to see him see it against Fulham, because if it means that Chelsea can step up the pitch a little bit further, if it means that Chilwell and eventually Rhys James and you know Malagosto, if it means that those players can advance up the pitch as fullbacks and really assist the attack, and and the team itself feels more confident to step up the pitch and and apply more pressure, because Chelsea have been very good at creating. Good quality opportunities. We've done that consistently so far this season, but also retaining possession and being able to control games. It's about that final part of it now. Um, And I think part of that obviously involves the defence and your confidence in that defence that they can step up and they also can track back and they can cover space well with the midfield in front of them. We had Enzo Fernandes coming on, we had Conor Gallagher coming on, we had Armando Brea coming on too. Um, and it pretty much just saw out the game. There are, I, I know some of you are saying this in the comments about injury concerns. Nicholas Jackson with with an arm problem and also Ben Chilwell. We, we await to see with both of those because Chilwell went off very late in the game and Chelsea actually finished the game with uh, 10 men, I believe it was. So, of course, because of how all of this goes, right? We We, we have had so many injury problems and it feels like it's just a constant constant addition to that problem and it makes the on nights like this you want to you want to get that fresh momentum right and it's it's the Carabao cup it's not a champions league final but the win tonight can be used significantly hopefully to push chelsea forward and to get chelsea on a on a ground level again where they can walk into the Fulham game with some confidence nicholas jackson can um and then maybe you're starting to feel that the team is i guess starting to form a little bit more under pochettino but when you get injury problems to key players it's just it's just very difficult I, I think people need to appreciate it's very difficult to create that and and it's something that unfortunately chelsea have to get to the bottom of if they can is it just a fortune thing does it track back to when Bowley came in and was sacking all the medical staff brought some of them back the disruption that came from that is it a factor that we've spoken about before the pochettino kind of very intense Training method and players, particularly young players, adapting to those methods, and in a longer period of time, those injuries won't be as persistent because the players' bodies would have kind of adapted to that. I, I've heard that suggested. There, there are many different ways we we go about this, but it is just so frustrating. And there also is the reality, unfortunately, is as much, as painful as it is, we may also have just injury-prone players, players who just struggle to stay fit for long periods of the season. That in itself is is um, a question mark over several in his current squad right and we, we've we've had that problem with the likes of Christian Pulisic in recent years so and and hopefully I've, I have is only a a small thing and the good thing is this season is you know you've got Ian Matson there and although he has shown promise further up the pitch I, I I'd be happy to see him deputize at left back if if that is what is needed um and, and I think that he he offers a different option to Ben Churwell. Um, isn't as polished as Ben Sherwell, but, you know, I, I think he's still a player that we're quite excited to, to watch develop at Chelsea. I'll just go back to the comments now um, just to see what you guys are saying. Um, Kukadea, redemption arc, kicking any tackles like a homing missile and hopefully keeps this form up as we're going to need him. That's from Oli Taylor. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't really see a redemption arc, but then if we have a really, really big injury crisis, um it may become a redemption arc. I, I've i I've tried to refrain from the over-the-top stuff about Marco Correa because it has been sort of um, kicking the boot in one after another on him. And I think we can all see with our own eyes over the past year that he has struggled performance-wise. Um, there have been some suggestions about stuff off the pitch that we don't know the full ca- clarity of that, you know, when you, you, you throw into the mix, that variable of, of changing clubs, of changing environment. And has that impacted his own quality and his performance and his self-belief too in, in his own ability and the chaos as well you throw into the mix as well the chaos that was Chelsea Football Club last season but I still think that I don't know I, I just um, technically I think Ben Chirwell, Annie and Matson are just better players I think they offer more in the long term than Marco Correa does hopefully Marco Correa even for a very short term can get some minutes I don't quite buy the idea of this whole let's get up, get up his value. I, I just don't it's always the preseason argument, right? Of we, we f- in recent years where we throw in these real fringe players that have absolutely no future at Chelsea and everyone keeps saying, Well, you know, it's trying to open up window. I, I don't buy that because it doesn't actually work and um, sometimes it costs you in games that matter. So Kukurea, you don't wanna go overboard either way, right? I think it's about balance he kept one of the best wingers in in the league quiet that's something to be right and i think people who are really really harsh on Kukurea, i don't think it hurts you to give him some credit it doesn't mean that suddenly he's the world's best player and he should be playing every single week and all of your previous criticisms of him are invalid you know i i I just think that some people you just have to be humble sometimes to say actually on this particular game in this particular situation he was a very good player for chelsea or just was was a decent player for Chelsea right and we won the game happy days I can't say what happens from from here for Marco Carrera whether he becomes a a fully fledged first teamer again Um, I I think that's unrealistic personally that's just my my personal view Uh, thank you for those uh, watching Uh, apparently the draw is starting now I'm going to be wrapping up pretty soon so maybe we won't get We'll, we'll cover that on tomorrow show I'm doing a new show tomorrow we'll cover some things um Victor Rosserman Ivan Tony the infinite athlete deal Gary Neville said something quite interesting about Chelsea um and I do want to respond to it because I I saw some discussion about it we will cover that in tomorrow's news show um and probably as well I will mention who Chelsea get in the Carabao Cup fourth round which is likely to be probably Arsenal or someone like that knowing our luck um Madrid got fouled uh four times too bad we have no free kick takers uh, and that's from igor gabriel says Breuer looked lively i completely agree with with Breuer. you know there, there's a there's a reason why i like amando Breuer, and it does link to one of my favorite ever footballers uh who played for chelsea uh but i think for him I, there, there was a moment very late on in the game where he just muscled or was like almost bullying one of the Brighton centre-backs. I can't remember who it was. It was literally, the ball was in the corner. We were in like the dying seconds of added time. And again, it's just it's just those little things that I just haven't seen in, in a Chelsea team for years. And maybe you call me old-fashioned. Maybe you call me simplistic or reductive, right? And that's not to say that him barging someone is comparable to his ability to finish chances. Obviously not. But I don't know, it just it, it reminded me of a time when Chelsea were a lot more bullish and they were a lot more aggressive and ferocious in the final third. And you just hope that we will see a return to that one day. And I just am encouraged by what I see with Breyer because it's in the Premier League as a striker, there's so much pressure on you at one of these big clubs. And um, I like the fact that he is back now and he's going to give an alternative to Nicholas Jackson. And uh, I, I think Breuer could maybe come out, come out of nowhere. We knew he was returning. We knew his talent. But maybe just surprise people and actually remind some people, maybe even outside of Chelsea, that, yeah, we still got Amanda Breuer and actually going out there and spending a hundred and something million again. Listen, I know a lot of people want to see it, right? And I can understand the panic that is setting in amongst Chelsea fans right now in terms of an inexperienced squad. Someone pointed out the wage bill as well. If you look at the wage bill and the way teams finishing in the league it's very comparable if you don't have a high wage bill likely you aren't finishing in one of the top positions how much has been spent have we spent it on players who aren't ready right now are they going to fall under the weight of the pressure so there is that kind of knee jerk oh let's go and get out the, the the finished article we will discuss that on tomorrow's show because i, I don't think it's as reductive as we go out and sign a hundred million player and that's the perfect solution for chelsea or we don't and that's that's the perfect solution for chelsea Think that it, it's about until January. Look at the players we have. Let's see what value we can get out of them, and hopefully kickstart right a, a more positive form heading into autumn and, and obviously the the huge winter months, which always you know are grueling no matter what season you're in. Uh, please do hit the the like button on this stream. Uh, please also share it around. Um, if you're new around here, if you're not a subscriber, uh, please do hit that subscribe button. You can get involved in the chat if you're a subscriber. Um, it's free to do turn on those notifications we'll be back here tomorrow uh reacting to some chelsea news of, of the past few days you can listen to the show on the podcast as well and uh you can get my reactions to the chelsea games like this i, I i'm planning to do a lot more live shows moving forward i also have a, a weekly q a called added time that i release on mondays um, we may move that forward this i'm um, sorry next week to tuesday because of the fulham game obviously uh, i like to do them post game, but most of the time we are doing them on a Monday Uh, so you can get involved in lots of things on the channel and uh, trust me there there are some cool things coming up in the upcoming months for sign up Chelsea so I think we're going to wrap it up there I want to say a massive thank you for tuning in once again if you're watching this on YouTube live if you're watching this back on YouTube a little bit later on if you're listening on the podcast thank you so much for tuning in follow me across the socials and I will see you again very soon all the best